Welcome to Museum Archipelago. I'm Ian Elsner. Museum Archipelago guides you through the rocky landscape of museums. Each episode is never longer than 15 minutes. So let's get started. Six Flags New Orleans' last operating day was August 27, 2005. Two days later, Hurricane Katrina made landfall, and the entire park was submerged under feet of corrosive water. That park uh, was decimated. There was no returning that park to any sort of um, viability. Carol Sanderson is secretary and board member of the National Roller Coaster Museum and Archives. Uh, we were very fortunate to be able to go in and, and get some of the uh, archives and some of the signage and some of the neon, which we have in our museum uh, with Six Flags permission. Um, we were trying to get some ride vehicles and stuff, but a lot of it had already been uh, scrapped because of, of the you know, the mold and the, the mud and all the other things. So, you know, there's, there's nothing to bring back there. The National Roller Coaster Museum and Archives makes it its mission to protect and preserve historic amusement park memorabilia. Parks that have closed in the past are the subjects of the strong emotions of people who remember them. We did an exhibit, sort of as a test run and um, in collaboration with Dollywood. And that exhibit ran for two years. And I was able to be in that exhibit when the public would come through. And we had featured the parks of Tennessee because Dollywood is in Tennessee. And all the parks that we were featuring uh, in this one little area of the exhibit are no longer. And people, it was amazing to me that would come by, would say, oh, my gosh, do you remember when Grandma and Grandpa and I, we went to that park and we rode this ride and what a great day it was. And, um, boy, it's too bad it had to close. Uh, it's like everything. Once it's done, then people are upset that it's gone. An amusement park is made up of fake history and fake danger. When you walk along Main Street USA in Disneyland or Disney World, you are greeted by fake history. The facades show early 20th century small-town America, an idealized version of fake history. When you get on a roller coaster, you are not in real danger. But the coaster designers do everything they can to fake the danger. So with all this fakeness, what is there to preserve in a museum? The museum concept was uh, one of the original goals of Richard Munch, who was the founder of the American Coaster Enthusiast back in the 70s. Uh, as he and two of the other founders were traveling around the country, parks were just being decimated and they were going away. Many, many parks that were historic from the early 1900s, 1920s, 1950s, uh, the parks were experiencing um, you know, they couldn't get enough capital to invest in the parks. It was a very uh, tough time in, in American history for the amusement park in the late 60s. So a lot of parks were closing. A lot of parks were selling their real estate for future development. And um, he really believed that we needed to preserve, if we couldn't preserve the parks, we definitely needed to preserve the memories, the artifacts, the rides, and anything we could get our hands on. I love a good coaster. But to me, the exciting part is the thrill of the first drop, or the airtime, not necessarily a piece of the coaster presented as an artifact. But Carol makes the case that even a stationary roller coaster train can be exciting. It's really interesting if you have a roller coaster car uh, or a roller coaster track, um, people can so identify with something that, oh my gosh, I rode that when I was seven. 
you know, oh my gosh, you have the original Coney Island something or other, or you have the original Big Bad Wolf ride from Bush Gardens, like, oh my gosh. So there is a sense of excitement uh, to be able to see it, touch it, feel it, uh, as opposed to something that's just, you know, telling the story. Carol describes combining the artifact with the story to create the biggest impact. In the museum, we have cars from the 1910s and the 1920s. And so that's also important because people can see how the technology evolved uh, with undercarriage wheels, with safety restraints or lack of them, uh, how, how the cars were made out of wood and now they're made out of fiberglass. One of the best acquisitions, um, and, and it, it was a critical acquisition in our minds, was we received the number one car off the Disneyland Matterhorn ride. Um, amazing that we were able to get the full vehicles to, to the front car and the trailer car, the track, the signage, uh, to preserve, uh, you know, because that was a, a monumental ride. Right now, the National Roller Coaster Museum and Archives is more of an archive than a museum. They have a physical storage facility located in Plainview, Texas, and they have a series of exhibits, like the one previously mentioned at Dollywood. The the first goal was we have to have a place where we can preserve everything. If you don't have any contents, you can't have a museum. Um, Secondly, we want to get the message out and um, to have our name out there, which it is in the industry, so when a park is like either closing or if they're retiring a ride, they call us to say, you know, this was a very special ride. You know, you guys take it and preserve it. The dream of opening a standalone museum, maybe even one with working coasters, is still alive. Having a building there where maybe you could have a small park where you had the roller coaster um, and then you could, you know, have some other rides there. You could have, um, you know, uh, uh, other venues there as far as... um, you know, special occasion kind of uh, place where people would come, um, that would be ideal. However, you know, again, from an economic standpoint, uh, we initially had never wanted to be inside of a park because you don't want somebody that wants to come to the museum to have to pay a gate admission just to see your museum. Um, you could design it where you had a separate entrance just for the museum. If the park had the museum in the park, uh, again, the staffing, the insurance, the taxes, all that stuff goes away, and we just become a tenant, a nonprofit tenant in their in their uh, you know their mix. Uh, we have talked to a number of parks. There is interest. Uh, it just never seems to come to fruition because, you know, the real estate in the park is important and they want to put rides in and they want to have people riding. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's a, we've got to keep working on it. Um, we're not there yet. But yes, uh, would it be great to be right next to a park where there's population already going? Absolutely. Uh, we don't want to be somewhere in the middle of nothing because you're right. People would come and that's it. They see it and then they move on. The other thing is, you know, in, in a hot location, people, older people, like to get out of the heat. So if it's an air-conditioned building, that's why people go into the shows, they go into these venues. Uh, you get a lot more traffic because people want to beat right. the heat. And then they'll walk through right. an exhibit and, and take their time and, and, and cool down and, and rest a little bit um, and, and not be on overload with, you know, let's run to the next attraction. It's kind of like an old car meet sometimes, you know. 
people want to talk about it. People want to keep that alive. So I, I think that the amusement industry is so exciting. There's so much, so many new things, and I think people are always looking for an escape. You know, that's why Disney, you know, gets the brand is is huge because everybody wants to, you know. You would think yeah. that it's a small world. Nobody would want to hear that that's song it. again. But everyone wants to hear that song, you know. Right. Everybody right. rides that ride. And if right. they were taken out, there would be an outcry. So, uh, yeah, I think that there's always room for for that, uh, you know, to, to fall into that fantasy world. This has been... Museum Archipelago. You'll find show notes at museumarchipelago.com. Club Archipelago members get access to a bonus podcast feed that's sort of like the director's commentary to the main show. Subscribe at patreon.com slash museumarchipelago. If this is your first show, don't forget to subscribe for free in your favorite podcast player. Thanks for listening. And next time, bring a friend.